Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back because it's time for the podcast. Uh, hello, welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, Rematch, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm really good, mate. Mm, good. Really good. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've ordered a new coffee machine. Oh, have you? Yeah. What, what, what can you say? I what don't know it what it is. I just looked on the reviews uh, and like that's the best one. Yeah. So it's coming today. So I'm really like buzzing about it. Well, it's I will be buzzing to after I get six espressos down on it, mate. <laughs> Fucking smashing life. Uh, what about you? I've got one as well. You've yeah. got one? I got given one for Christmas. What have you An got? espresso one right. with those little capsules. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just makes you drink more coffee. Yeah, but that's good, isn't it? Is it? I think so. Hmm. But the only... Environmentally, it's shit, isn't it? Because every time you have a coffee, then you've got this fucking pod. Yeah. I mean, I looked at... Oh, they're not biodegradable, the Well, pods. there's a recycling service mm. that you can phone up, and then they'll say to you where to send it to. But I think... <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. Who the <laughs> fuck does that? But it's good to know that that's there if I did choose to give yeah, shit about yeah. the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Uh, every, wait, every, every little thing counts, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's all a myth anyway, isn't it? Environmental. Mm. That's the one thing I agree with Trump on. Yeah, me too. I just think it's bullshit. That. <laughs> Let's spread that throughout this I podcast. just think let the earth have its own natural life. Mm. I mean, you know... We do sort of need to stop and start it all again anyway. So. We're not going to be able to reverse it. Mm. Sorry, to get, <laughs> we're not going to be able to reverse it. No, it's too, people are too fucking lazy. You, mm. It's not going to happen. All, all everybody that thinks that... We're going to change and, uh, and reinvent the way we do things. We're not, mate. So yeah. just accept the apocalypse <laughs> as it arrives. Anyway, can't wait. <laughs> this is the bit where we introduce our guest. Well, listen, we are joined by DJ Royalty today. Good DJ, good DJ name, that. DJ Royalty, that would be a good DJ <laughs> name. But it isn't DJ Royalty we're joined by. It's MK. MK, how What's are up, you? Lynn? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming you. on, man. No, appreciate pleasure, it. Man. Yeah, I... So... I used to buy your mixtapes, loads of them. Wow. Now, there was, I'll tell you how I got to start buying them. Mm. There was a number in Hip Hop Connection. That's right. Amazing. And there was a guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but I'll tell you, I used to buy loads of mixtapes from him. I buy all of yours. Mm. I remember one day I phoned him to ask for your new one, and he was in the room with you. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Phones off. What a fucking piece. (laughs) What a piece. That is, that's about the show, yeah. Do you know when you've been I've, I've got yet, that's not happened once. Go. That's not happened once. Um, anyway. So sorry. I was in the middle of an emotional story mm. about me and um, MK. So, and you were in the room finishing the tapes. Wow. Um, it was amazing. It was, uh, I was really excited to think, oh my God, I'm going to get okay. like, one of the first. That, w- that was maybe my flatmate at the time. Oh, really? A guy called Sheridan. Right. Yeah. And that was when I was living in West Kent Estate. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, the mid-90s, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's amazing. Crazy. Here's a little bit that we like to call, how did you get into hip-hop? 
you are basically steeped in hip hop. How did you get into it? How did it all start with you? Uh, I got into hip hop, I suppose, just from being a kid growing up in London. Yeah. So at those times, obviously, there's no internet. You had to kind of piece everything together. Mm. So I was just a normal kid, eight, nine years old, yeah. listening to Radio One, Capital, whatever my mum had on the radio, you know? And then slowly but surely, I'd hear these examples of hip hop, whether it be tunes like White Lines or like uh, Shaka Khan, I Feel For You. Yeah. And then there's DST scratching in the background. Shaka Khan, let me tell you what you want to do. Do you feel for me the way I feel for you? Shaka Khan, let me tell you what I want to do. I want to be rocky, rocky. Malcolm McLaren, uh, Hobo Scratch, Buffalo Girls, tunes like that. And then in the area that I was living in at the time, which was Wembley, Wembley and Easton in northwest London, I'd see like the odd piece going to school. Mm. And I'd just be thinking in my head, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Why has someone just drawn this really good like piece of art on a bridge? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then slowly pieced it all together. And then, yeah, by the time I was like 13, 14, I was like, really want to get decks. Got one deck. I'm really rubbish scratching on that for about mm. two years. Messed up all of my vinyl because I didn't know that slip mats. <laughs> and then when I was about 15 or 16, my mum was like, oh, all my family are Irish. So my mum was like, oh, Mark, you know, I've got you these driving lessons you know, for your birthday. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want driving lessons. Like, I've got enough money for one deck. Let me not have the driving lessons. Give me the money this for This is how decks. dedicated you were to getting the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and giving then, up driving. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 and then I got decks and then that was it and then I was too young to, to DJ in clubs because I was only 16 Yeah. and at that time I had friends in America who were sending over mixtapes radio show tapes guys like Kid Capri yeah early doo-wop early Ron G and I was seeing these mixtapes that were coming over that just had the hottest shit. Yeah. And I was just like, no well, one's then. really doing this yeah. in the UK. So let me do this because this is a way to get heard, to get into clubs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then I started selling them in London in like three shops. Then that went to 10 shops. Then that went to about 30 shops in the UK. Then it went up to distribution deals in America all over Europe, distribution in Australia, to the point where it was hitting literally all over the world. Yeah. So, And how are you deciding? Because like when you do your first one, obviously there's not a lot of pressure because you're sort of, you're just thinking, I'm just going to nah, put this out. But yeah. then as you started to get a reputation, yeah. you became the equivalent of a radio DJ in terms of like people are looking to you for what the next mm. hot stuff was, like sure. in the UK yeah, yeah, yeah. did you feel the pressure of that were you just trusting your own ears as to what what you liked yeah stuff? I was just trusting my own ears and again it's kind of hard to put yourself back into those days with the technology and the things that were going around at that time but I had no idea like I had no idea who was listening to them who was buying them and the effect that that had and even the artists that I'd put on so say like Roots Maneuver I met him in 94 95 96 uh, I got him on a mixtape yeah uh, and there's a guy called Rodney P and I was a huge London Posse fan 
and I asked him to, will you come by the studio to, yeah. to spit on this tape? And he said, yes. Amazing. And I was like, oh my God, it's really great. <laughs> and next thing, you know, we were in the studio together for like three hours. We recorded loads of like, like, like specials for this mixtape. And then I just put it out. Yeah. Uh, and I did it all like in my bedroom yeah. with, with a tape deck and then a four track. And I'll just record it live Wicked. and just have my mates who are nobodies at the time. Yeah. You know, oh, there's a guy called Skinny Man. Right, let's get him on. There's a guy called Super T. There's a guy, you know. And then next thing, the scene started building up and I started to go out to, to more people and get more recognition. And did it feel... It's weird, isn't it? Because I guess you were big, but people don't know what you look like. So yeah, yeah. Most people thought I was black. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? What was your perception when you were buying the tapes? Did you have a picture in your head? I think I'd seen a picture, or maybe you'd been in Hip Hop Connection or something. Right. So I sort of knew what you looked like. But um, I, I, my, re- my recollection is is, is of thinking that because I used to buy loads of mixtapes, but you, you were the the one that like you know you were sort of the go-to mixtape guy. So it was like we we're waiting. I'd rem- I used to phone the guy up, your flatmate, and like, <laughs> this I'd is so weird. Yeah, and I'd go, this is so funny. and I wouldn't, and I'd wait for your next one to come out. So it wouldn't right. be like, what have you got? Right. It'd be like, it'd be like, oh, MK's working on something. I go, right, I'll hold fire okay. until that comes out. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. like that. It was yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really, and then you'd, and you'd get turned on to artists from listening to your tapes. Obviously, you've got, you've got access to stuff before anybody else has, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you sort of inform the stuff I was buying, like the actual albums and stuff I was buying. So it's pretty mad. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, I guess you don't realise the impact that you're having. Do you know what I mean? So you did mixtapes and stuff, but then it sort of progressed from there, right? Because like, you were a show DJ as well, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so started off uh, doing the mixtapes and then in 1995, there was a shop called Handspun Records. Yeah. Uh, which was on Darbley Street in the West End, and I got asked to work there. Uh, and as a, as, as you know, like an eighteen year old kid, nineteen year old kid, that's the dream job. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's records. That means discounts. That means you know you get to meet loads of like, famous people who might come in. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so from there, we we I worked in that shop for a year, and then we set up another shop called Deal Real. Yeah. In nineteen ninety seven, and then I was a partner in that. Uh, and then off the mixtapes, I just started traveling the world. Yeah. Uh, it was literally crazy. Like, I'd get a phone call, oh, we've got a gig in Paris, do you want to come out? I'd just be like, yeah, fine, come out in Paris, <laughs> get paid, whatever, end up sleeping on somebody's floor. And then someone would go, oh, you know, there's, there's a, another part if you want to DJ. I'd be like, all right, cool. And it's like a Janet Jackson after party. Oh, look, there's Kate Moss. I'm like 19, never, never even really left London. Yeah, I think yeah. we went to France on a school trip once. Next thing, I'm in this like plush Paris nightclub DJ into like Kate Moss and Janet Jackson. Incredible. And then, yeah, it just escalated. Did you like, uh, play what you wanted to play? Always, or, always, yeah. always. And which so you which were... looking back wasn't always the best idea. <laughs> yeah, let's play some underground hip hop to a bunch yeah. of people who obviously don't want to hear that. But, uh, yeah, and then so then I was starting to DJ up and down the country. Then I'd had uh, gotten like an agency. Then in 1997, me and Roots Maneuver got together and we were like, let's, let's start doing some shows. Yeah. And originally that whole idea was because no one knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. He had like two tunes out maybe. So I managed to get on uh, an agency and I said to the agency, look, I've got this guy called Roots Maneuver. When you book me, he's going to MC. 
and do his little two tunes and yeah. see for the set. And the turntables we have DJ MK, Kilburn's finest. I bring you ten ton gum to this homegrown rain. Bonify what you hear, tis the sound of pain. But the pain leads to gain. So we did not stagnate, we elevate to the next state. Motion divine, glisten like crystal. And then we did a gig for like 50 pounds. We were really happy. And the next gig was in Scotland. That was a hundred pound. Yeah. And then within two years, we were doing like Glastonbury. And then it just got silly. Like Roots Maneuver obviously like blew up. And next thing I know, this is like '98. We're doing like 32 date US Canadian tours. We're doing shows in front of like 2,000 people. Yeah. I made sure like the set beforehand. Yeah. I'm starting to meet all my, my mm. idols and heroes. Yeah. Uh, do you find it overwhelming, or you, do you sort of? No, nah, not really. Mm. Not really. Mm. How did it work? Because like, obviously, you're originally doing that tour with Roots Maneuver. That started off as a DJ-led tour, and then Roots Maneuver's then getting bigger and bigger sure. and bigger. Yeah. So did it gradually evolve to more of a rapper-like-led thing, or how did you do it? How did you like? Or did it? Did it? Did you suddenly start getting? Did you get start taking bookings both as MK? With Roots Maneuver and also yeah, as Roots Maneuver all, all of those gigs up until t- 2002 were uh, Roots Maneuver and DJ MK. And then by the time he got new management, who uh, they were like, it's, it's just got to be Roots Maneuver now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this DJ MK guy? Like, <laughs> but uh, that's the way it worked. But yeah, for the, first, for the first, I don't know, like, I don't know, five, maybe ten shows, I'd do a set. Yeah. And then Rodney would just be on the stage somewhere hyping it up quite badly <laughs> and then he'd do his tunes yeah. and then obviously he had an album out yeah. so then it was like right we have to promote this album as opposed to you know me doing an hour and a half set, yeah, an yeah. set. And, then, right, yeah. and then it was like okay it's a 45 minute set it's just tunes and, and props to Rodney because he's the first guy who really there's a lot of talk now about oh you know so many guys in the UK doing so many big things which they are but there's kind of like a history that's yeah, been yeah. written out where he was doing, a, you know, a lot of big things. What, how did the Americans take to him? They loved it. Yeah. It was Ninja Tunes. So they were the first label who really had a group of, of, of young people between whatever, 15 and, and, and 35, who weren't just interested in what was going on in America. Yeah. Their ears were open to what was going on other places. Uh, and, and they loved it. And it was, yeah. It was His amazing. accent must have blown their mind, right? Because he's like so British. Like, you know, it's not yeah. like it's. It must be like listening to a different form of music almost, you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Americans are like. They don't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> they probably so, thought this guy's from Arkansas or something yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? They can't even fathom that it's a British guy. Yeah, I remember the first time we went to New York to do shows in like 98. I remember being in Brooklyn and New York in 98, especially yeah. in Brooklyn was very Amazing, different. Yeah. And people would just come up to us because they'd know we weren't, there wouldn't be a black guy and a white guy walking down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we probably looked a bit different as well. And they'd just be coming up to us. And me, he's like, yo, what are you guys doing here? Like, who are you? We're like, yeah, from London. Oh my God, London? You know, the Queen? And yeah. It's just silly <laughs> stuff like that. Um, did you meet hip hop artists out there and stuff when you did? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah loads. I mean, because we had the record shop as well, we'd have a lot of artists who'd come over. So, like, first time I met Nas was, like, 96. Wu-Tang Clan had come down to the shop. Big L, OC, loads of people. 
Um, and what was it? What were you like when you meet those people? Because like. Oh, I just try and be really cool and probably quite rude to him. <laughs> All right, really defensive. For yeah, no reason. yeah. I remember yeah, whatever I was, was asking me like where he can buy blunts, and me going, blunts. You're in England, mate. You want Rizzlers? <laughs> Not quite sure what your point is. Yeah. For fifty p rather than getting your blunts. You know I mean? Yeah. And did they come and like do like do, like spit verses and stuff? Yeah, the first American I ever had on my mixtape was a guy called Mad Skills. Yeah, mm. who was just the sickest freestyler at the time, and he had an incredible album out. Watch my style rise like stars on your eyes, and battling is hard like retards becoming Jedi. Watch the dread drop, submerging from tracks, born from a verse with an eye in their back. So where you at when I? And he came down to the to the store. And the big Ted was there, and uh, yeah, he just freestyled for like an hour. And yeah, he was. The he first. would do that, right? Just like go off for ages and yeah. ages. Right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he'd just come down, do it for free. Oh, I've never paid anyone for any freestyles. Right? Really? Yeah. Of course not. No, it's promotion, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Promoting you, what? <laughs> and you also uh, show DJ for Dizzy Rascal, right? Yeah. How did yeah, that come yeah, about? Yeah, uh, that came about through a guy called DJ Semtex who was his DJ at the time he yeah. couldn't do some shows this was in 2007 uh, so then I did some shows for him we all got on and then there was more shows he couldn't do and then by 2010 he just couldn't do them or whatever yeah. and then I took yeah, I took over yeah. I've been DJing for, for Dizzy since 2010 I read an interview with you where you were talking about it was it was to an, I think it was to an American magazine I'm not sure but you were saying that you sort of see all of that sort of what Dizzy was doing, what Dizzy is doing, and mm. it's all part of sort of the hip hop umbrella. Is that is that do you sort of see it all as one thing, or do you? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think like, Dizzy doesn't get the recognition I think that he deserves when people talk about grime. Like he's one of the guys who started it. Yeah. Like before Wiley was making those rhythms. Yeah. yeah. Dizzy was making those rhythms. Yeah. yeah. And then on a recent interview with Wiley on I think DJ Vlad he talks about it and he admits it you know yeah so yeah he was just making incredible incredible music and I think it all comes under the banner of, of hip hop for yeah. me I mean some people might say oh garage or whatever yeah that whole influence was there and that vibe but to us in the sort of UK hip hop scene I hate using that word yeah like a lot of those sort of like garage MCs, it was they would it was like a joke yeah. to us because it was just a guy who was you know, and it was just lyrics to hype up the party. Yeah. So if you went to a twice as nice rave, that was yeah. the guy in the mic and he was hyping yeah. it up. But I don't want to hear you make a tune, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> Please don't. But come 99, 2000, yeah. you know, so solid wow. crew. And I respected what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. But I, for MCs, they, I did not rate them whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole grime thing started, and I remember Fix Up Look Sharp. Yeah. And I was like, Sky Dizzy Rascal, I've been hearing about. So this is grime. Fix yeah. Up, this ain't grime. This is Big Beat. Yeah. yeah He's yeah, rapping yeah, over yeah. Big Beat. This is a hip hop tune. And then someone played me I Love You. Yeah. Mm. And that just blew me away. Yeah. Man. I was, mm. what the I know, this? I know, I know. <laughs> this is like some futuristic yeah. next bounce. Yeah. If Fred Gio know where you say that's for, some hot banger that you go, what for? Pregnant, what are you talking about before? 15, she's under age, that's raw. And against law, five years or more. And she wants to score and a half hour draw. That's the kind of threat that you can't ignore. you pin down to the floor, but... And I was just like, this is incredible. And then, you know, I did a little bit of research. 
actually got booked to do a Wu-Tang gig, Hammersmith... Uh, Apollo. Apollo, yeah. Mm. And uh, Wiley was doing warm-up. And yeah, that's the first time I, I saw Wiley live. And then I was like, okay, this, this grime thing's actually quite good. But then I always thought to myself, there's like six or seven MCs who are incredible. Yeah. And the rest are just shouting and I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a, yeah, I think like the MC got pushed to the formal, didn't it? Like, yeah. after that. Like, I think you're right with the garage stuff. It was more like, it was like another instrument or something, wasn't it? It yeah. wasn't like, you weren't listening to, if you put any scrutiny to the lyrics at all, yeah. you just think, I can't, it doesn't even make sense. But yeah. like, actually, like Dizzy, he had like sort of rap style punchlines, you know, old school like Tropicana and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, but I agree with you. I love you. When I first heard that, I just couldn't even understand what the fuck it was, yeah. man. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was mental. But he was listening to, you know, hip hop. He was listening yeah. to Three Six Mafia. He was listening to Master P and those types of guys. Because he had UGK on UGK, yeah, on his tracks, yeah, right? Like, yeah. like Bumby's like one of his, 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 his best friends yeah. even now. But at that time, when I first started hearing all that Southern rap, I hated it. Right, yeah, I yeah. couldn't stand it. Yeah. And then with Roots Maneuver, we had to do this ridiculous 33-date tour, and we went everywhere. And we went to New Orleans. Yeah. We went to Louisiana, Mississippi, all these places. And when I was there, I kind of got it. Mm. I was like, wow, it's fucking hot here. Yeah. You, you know, the vibe's different. The, yeah. The bounce of the music is different as opposed to New York, where it's quite like London. Yeah. It's more aggressive. And I kind of got it. And then, yeah, kind of became a fan of, of that music yeah, as well. Yeah, it's really mad, actually, because, like, when I only I went to LA for, like, the first time last year. Really? Yeah, and um, I'd been to New York years and years ago, yeah. right? And, like, I, I, I got to, like, hang out with some hip-hop fans, mm. like, hip guys that are really into it in LA. Mm. And when they were playing like Snoop and stuff like that in the car in LA, you suddenly go, like, I, get I get it. Like yeah. a totally, <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This music in context, I mean, I liked it anyway, sure. but suddenly it makes fucking more yeah. sense. And, yeah, and then yeah. you totally get why New York production and the music is yeah. how it is. Because you go to New York, it's all claustrophobic yeah, yeah, yeah. and like all in, in around you. Mm. And then LA is much more yeah, just spacious. Yeah, exactly. Totally. You, t you totally get like the hip hop is a product of the environment, isn't it? Exactly. But Same way with grime in London, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Deep South stuff, everybody hated that. Yeah. Over here, when yeah. it first came when out, first everybody came was like, out. what the shit is this? Yeah. Because, particularly because like, the rapping was so shit on it as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Master P, man. Master I mean, like, P, he wasn't a bad about it, really, was he? <laughs> <laughs> is he still going? Unfortunately, yeah. Is he? Wow. <laughs> he, made, yeah, he made a lot of money somehow. Yeah. He's, it was weird, because like, it's sort of like... He was so big, but he was so big, but not here, I don't think. But you no. just hear about this guy that was m like a monster yeah. in the States. And mm. then he'd, he'd go, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. And then he'd go, what the fuck? This is shit. Yeah. Like proper shit. But I think hip hop fans are the most loyal, yeah, most yeah. scrutinous bunch of people. And I think up to that time, myself included, everything where someone said, oh, you need to check this out. Yeah. You know, this is really good. It normally was. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So the first time you heard Nas. Mm. Check out Nas. He's yeah. amazing. Oh, he is amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But coming to the late 90s, like you were saying, you know, you'd start to hear about dudes who were selling loads of records, and normally that would mean you had skills and you were really good. Yeah. But in that case, to us, yeah. they weren't really that good. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, you're sort of thinking, is there something I'm not getting? Exactly. Here? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you sort yeah. of go, I listen to it again, or maybe I'll smoke yeah, some weed. Yeah, is it, it me? Is it, am I just. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's bad. What stuff do you listen to now? I listen to everything. I know yeah. it sounds really corny. Oh, you listen to everything. Yeah. But I do. Uh, Hip-hop-wise, because I do the show on Kiss and yeah. I've been on Kiss for 13 years, I have to listen to, to everything. So now, UK-wise, like Avellino, AJ Tracy, Ocean Wisdom, dudes like that. Uh, and I think the whole UK hip-hop, yeah. grime, is kind of just one thing now because there's grime artists who are essentially rapping over kind of trap hip-hop beats yeah. as opposed to more traditional... Well, Ocean Wisdom's an interesting one because his yeah, flow is sort of different, isn't it? Yeah. And also the stuff he raps over is different, isn't mm. it? I mean, I, D- Dirty Dark did all the production on that album, yeah, but there's yeah. loads of, like... It's not crossover as such, but it takes a lot of influences from elsewhere, doesn't yeah, it? And yeah. it, it's... Uh, it's a really exciting album now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, he's 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 wicked. I really rate him. Like he's a, he's it's new and exciting, but he properly respects being able to actually spit. Doesn't do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's not. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. and he's good. Yeah, I know. That's that's that's, 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 that's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh man, hip hop gripes. Is there anything um, about hip hop that you're not as keen on at all? Uh, I think the state of lyrics. I think the balance of hip hop has changed, and obviously with what the media push and what the record labels push. I think with Fifty Cent, it all changed quite a bit. You think yeah. like that was a tipping point? Eh? Yeah, I think so because then from the relationship I'd have with, with record labels and talking to A&R people, it was kind of like, okay, this is this is the blueprint. Yeah. Mm. You know, which focused on a lot of negative stuff. Yeah, sex and violence, like yeah. Keras once said, you know, that's that's what sells. And it's, it's always been that way. But I think that's when everything started to go, you know, we're only really going to show this side of, of, of hip-hop, which was the more sort of negative sort of side yeah uh, and do you think that still has an effect now yeah totally totally yeah. I mean you gotta think about it when we were 15 listening to hip hop yeah how many record labels were there it's literally hundreds yeah mm. you know independence mm. and, and, and even the majors but now there's essentially three yeah. so everything that we hear that comes out on a major label you're talking about is decided by maybe a group of 10 people yeah 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 and yeah. those guys probably aren't into it as much as we are yeah and that's that's why you know hip hop is the way it is but I think on the on the same on, on the other side of it it's exciting there's loads of 
good new music that's coming out some of the beats that are coming out are, 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 are amazing uh so and because of the internet it's it's just saturated isn't it? yeah so it's quite hard well i think to, it, to, to find yeah i think there's advantages and disadvantages to it like you sort of think about something like spotify like mm. The problem with it is that you listen to music in a more disposable, like a throwaway way, do you know what I mean? But the advantage of it is that, say, for example, you're trying to discover some new stuff, you can very easily... If somebody in the past, if somebody said you should listen to this, you have Mm. to go and buy that thing. Mm. Whereas if somebody says, now, you need to listen to this, I can literally click onto it and listen to it straight away, do you know what I mean? And it's like... And then on Spotify, it will give you... Uh, related artists yeah. and then you suddenly start looking and then there's these playlists like there's this alternative hip hop playlist that's on that's like that I've listened to at the moment on Spotify and it's turned me on to so many people that I wouldn't have even heard of yeah. do you know what I mean and yeah. then suddenly you go into this like little rabbit hole if you like of yeah. going oh, I like this <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then and shit that's good as well <clears throat> Never I mean, ends. Suddenly, yeah, yeah yeah basically yeah. do you know what I mean <laughs> and so it is good for that but the problem is it's fucking so much of it like you yeah. can't give it you almost can't give it enough scrutiny, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't I think the sad reality is I don't think music is as important to people now yeah. as it was because mm. it's more disposable. Yeah. Before, like you said, if you like something You hunt it down, the you, chase of it, yeah. You'd have to hunt mm. it down, but not only that, you'd have to pay for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. twelve inches six well then yeah. in the nineties was six ninety nine. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of money. An mm. album was 12 quid, 14 quid for an import, maybe... That fucking 14, maybe 15 quid for a CD. I mean, I remember, like, there was a scandal. I mean, it's just think there's no way it can be worth this amount of money. Do you know what I mean? It cost like, them, like, 30p to, <laughs> to produce or whatever. But... Yeah, I think, like, it's the same way with everything. If you haven't paid for it, you don't invest in it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, just the same way, I mean, we all get stuff for free, you know? Yeah. And if I get... Like these trainers. Thank you very much, Nike. They're very well, nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I got these for free because you know, I'm sponsored by Nike and I do work with Nike. So do I value these as much as if I paid 250 quid for them? Yeah, yeah if you've got a bit of dirt on them, maybe like whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. So yeah. now we're in this world where, you know, stuff like Spotify exists, which like you said, is amazing because you can get turned on to new artists and, and, and learn about new music. But at the same time, a lot of people are just doing that. Yeah. They're not then going no, and buying uh, it because they don't have to. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, before, if you want to listen to the music, you have to buy it, right? Yeah. Whereas now, you have to choose to buy it because I could listen to this album as many times as I want yeah. without having to pay yeah, for it. Yeah. So the only thing that's making me buy it is a sense of, I need to support that artist, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And the truth is, people don't fucking want to... No. Do, like, no, you, you're no. relying on people's honour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this is not going to happen. Nah, not like, like, Yeah. So, like, I remember saying to a mate, like, I normally, if I'm Spotify, I genuinely do this. If I see an album that I really like, I'll then go and buy that album, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, But, but like, my mates are going, to me, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you don't yeah, need yeah, to. Yeah, you yeah. can literally have it. Yeah. You've got it, mate. Do you yeah. want to sit whenever you want? So it is like, the system is, there's a loophole, a massive loophole, yeah. where you don't have to pay for it. Well, we're in the Matrix now. Yeah. So nothing is real. So artists will send me their, uh, an MP3 or whatever, their tune, a link to their YouTube. It happened the other day. The worst tune. Yeah. <laughs> I'll even try and find the, the link after this to play it to you. It's so bad. The guy's like got 70,000 hits. Yeah. And then... 70,000, that's not right. And then you look at the comments. 
There's not one comment. Yeah. So obviously he just bought those views. Yeah. Oh right. So okay. like uh -huh. everything, you know, you can manipulate. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. numbers change, and, and perceptions. Yeah. And yeah, so we're in this kind of weird digital messy world where music's still there, outlets more than ever, music's more accessible than ever before, but people aren't really investing in it, and everyone's kind of an expert yeah, yeah. on everything now without knowing anything yeah which yeah. is a bit annoying yeah so like now like requests when you're djing it's just i really oh mate <laughs> really? mate you have a standard response mate or? i was i need to get a t-shirt done going i'll play you one drake record <laughs> like you know are you a drake fan uh i like drake i think he makes some 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 good tunes he makes some yeah, you know, some, some Drake tunes I really like. But for me, I always get the impression that I'm looking at an actor rapping. Yeah. And props to Drake, you know, he's here, you know, he's a he's, he's, you know, he's, he's just done a tune with gigs, which is all amazing for the UK scene, but I just think he's begging it a bit, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's got a Stone <laughs> Island, like, gold yeah, chain. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. It's very... Um... It sort of feels quite manipulative, doesn't it, in terms of like what he's doing with like his story and how he's like that sort of emo side Started of him and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, mate. Yeah, <laughs> you're a nice middle class kid. You're a child actor in Degrassi Junior High from yeah. the age of 14. You're on good money for that. Yeah, and then I'm doing hip hop. Yeah, so you can't. Let's... But the thing is, you can't do. Started quite high up. Yeah, started in now, the middle ground. Right, a little and now, bit. And now here. <laughs> and it would have been alright if that hadn't worked out. Because yeah. I probably would have been fairly comfortable. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's too long a hook, that. Yeah. I think Drake's a perfect example of like, there are people, because people go on about how he's like, a, you know, he can sing, he can rap. Or I, don't, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, that's an R&B artist. Yeah. And like, for me, I don't even think he can, he can't sing. I know. Yeah. It's not, yeah. 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 It's sort of, you go, well, he can sing, at a worse level than like if 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 singing was all he was bringing to the table, yeah. he wouldn't have been signed. Do you know what I mean? No. So it's like an extra thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like saying I can play football, I've got my yeah. foot in the but door I'm not going to go for just yeah. a football contract. Do you know what I mean? Do, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's mad. Like it's sort of, and also I do think there are people that can sing and rap much better than Drake can. You know, yeah. like there's artists out there that are not selling anywhere near the numbers of that course. he is. Yeah. That can do that. So let's not pretend it's a unique thing. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's. Uh, it's a mad one. But sometimes I think to myself, okay, so we're in 2017, like, you know, Drake is the biggest rapper right yeah. now. And I'm just thinking, that's quite sad. Yeah. Because the greatest rappers before that really were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not great. You've made some, yeah, great, yeah, you've made some good tunes, you made some, you know, good sort of pop singing, r &B. He's made some great singles, and I'm not a fan, yeah. but he's made some great, you know, you can people like people and don't like people but he's made some great singles that have done well Yeah, he's not done a great album has he? I mean I've not heard no, do you know no, what I mean no, like no. He's, he's got a few hits but like I just don't I can't see it to be honest with you but there are people I've got mates that are just upset, like, I think he's brilliant so you sort of yeah. think okay fine good I won't talk to you anymore yeah good do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I mean I think he's still here isn't he yeah he's, he's here doing for like, a, for a like two years yeah. in the O2 or something yeah. oh shit okay well, in that case yeah. big yeah, fans of Drake big fans of Drake get if you could come down and, if you come podcast, down to the baby. podcast yeah, yeah, yeah you're more than welcome we're, we're happy to come to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
what you're doing is truly unique. So I just want to. And then yeah. he listens to the last 28 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a regular thing. He's a regular listener. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think of like uh, sort of trap and like the mumble rap and all that kind of stuff? Do you? Uh, okay. Well, with trap, for me, trap is just dead press hip hop. Yeah. It's down south hip hop, you know, which ludicrous, which we've all kind of liked and enjoyed since the end of the 90s. Uh, I think there's another side of trap, which is the more club-based EDM side of it, yeah, yeah. where producers more from an EDM background will be involved with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really like it. I play yeah. it in the clubs. Not all of it, yeah. But, but yeah, a lot of it. And as for the mumble rap, I think just when we thought okay levels can't really go any lower where's this going where is this going (laughs) we're in a quite bad situation right now then it just got worse yeah but there's a time and a place for that and if you're an 8 year old kid a 10 year old kid Mm. that's going to be the best thing you've ever heard but I'm not you know we're not 10 year old kids so it's not really it doesn't really appeal to us but yeah some of those guys are just really terrible man yeah but then there's guys like Migos and I, I, Migos. some of the tunes I like yeah 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 Y'all rich nigga rhyme run the city with the mat ticket chopping the chicken and what's the ticket whipping the breaking and making the tucking the nigga they must let me think I'm selling that mitchin nah for real yeah. and then some of it I'm just like this is terrible I know it's just like the, the other tune it's a proper like lottery isn't it where you think I can, I'm either going to really like this yeah. and think in the car this would be quite good yeah or I'm going to think this is possibly the shittest thing ever yeah. be depressed and then not want to listen to music for yeah, a while, do you yeah. know what I mean? But if you're 18 years old and your example of hip-hop has been the last 10 years, yeah. what's the music you're going to make going to be like? It's yeah. going to be exactly like that. Yeah. Because you're not going to care about lyrics. You're not going to care about studying the culture, about mm. the history of what you're doing. Hip-hop is less reverential about its past than other genres, do you not think? Like, yeah. like with like rock bands and stuff like that, they really do... And the fans, they always they're always keen to go back and listen to the lineage of it in a way that it feels like... I don't know if it's because hip-hop's more changeable, but Mm. it feels like hip-hop fans that listen to it now, they won't automatically go back to, like, the pioneers or people before Mm. necessarily. Some people do, Mm. but it feels like they just listen to what's now, don't they? Do you you think that's the difference? I mean, it feels like it. For me, it seems like it's more about fashion. It's more about what's hot yeah. as opposed to actually liking it yeah, yeah. so I think the majority of people who go to a Kanye West show yeah. the majority of people who went to Drake at the O2 they're just more happy to be there because they're snapchatting yeah, yeah, yeah. they're on an insta vid or whatever yeah, if you're a girl they're just pounding but if you actually ask them so what's your favourite tune what's your favourite album yeah. from the size they probably won't know yeah yeah you know, because it's not that important to them. There are people that listen to hip hop now that don't realise that Primo's a legend. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. that is a mind blower, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, when you were talking about like the mumble rap thing, yeah. like, I've seen guys like I think it was little, little a guy called Little Uzi Vert, and he was on Hot 97, yeah. and they gave him like a, a Primo beat, yeah, to rhyme over, and he just couldn't do it, and he was he was he was just like, I, I don't want this old shit. <laughs> but if you think of it, you know, we're here going, come on, man, Primo. Yeah. Like the Don producer, yeah, he yeah. is hip hop. And you can't rhyme over a Primo beat. But then if you flip it and think, okay, if this was 1995, 
and Primo and Gangstar were up at Hot 97 and they were giving him an early hip-hop record from 90, yeah. you know, the instrumental to Curtis mm. Blow, The Breaks. Yeah, 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 Where it's no sampling, it's live musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, Guru would be like, I ain't rhyming over this whole shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's true. <laughs> you know, right? such a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's kind of two ways of thinking about that. But then if you're a good MC, you should be able to rhyme over anything. Mm. Yeah. You know? So. But I think the biggest change for me the thing that I can't get on board with mm. is that the art of MCing, which is always heralded as like, the, you've got to get that right before you do anything, sure. right? Yeah. And you could get, like if you get spotted on any video or any live show where you fuck it up, yeah. it's the end of your career yeah. almost. Yeah. You know? I mean, you've got yeah. to come, like, it's going to be difficult to come back from that. Yeah. That's gone now. That is disappeared. Like it doesn't matter yeah. anymore, I don't think. No, you know, it doesn't. People aren't even trying to be the best rapper. Or no. any, like, you know, that's just not no, a no, thing. No. I mean, but that's the times we're in and it doesn't matter really it doesn't matter how good you are it's more important to have you know your social media problem yeah, yeah it's more important for you to have your youtube videos out there it's more you know which it, which when you think about it is, is is crazy but unfortunately that's now the world we're in yeah so a lot of these guys are just making tunes and and, and trying to i suppose just get lucky yeah but my thing is, I don't want to hear another tune about what guns you have yeah. or don't have. I don't want to hear about, you know, what you're cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> and I think the sort of normalisation of lyrical content in hip-hop now, you know, it's it's like, uh, what was that tune uh, where he's just basically just talking about cooking up crack? It's like really big commercial tune. And it's, that's a song about cooking up crack. Yeah. And you've got your girlfriend helping you cook yeah, crack. That's, mm. yeah. that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> but yet that's being played on Capital Radio at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. With the swear words taken out. Yeah. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. I'm in love with the coco. Yeah. yeah. What world are we living in? I know. And you sort of think it's got, actually, the content has got sort of worse in yeah. terms of like how offensive, or not offensive, but you know, misogynistic or whatever. Yeah. But I'm in love with the cocoa. That's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it's less controversial than it was, of do you know, before. Yeah, so, like, yeah. before hip hop was getting banned from radio yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But what they were saying then, I mean, obviously, times move on and yeah, like yeah, your, yeah. your barriers move and taboos disappear yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But it does feel a bit backwards, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but like you said, I do. I do think the counter argument always is that stuff is not for us. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of because yeah, yeah. I because like you said, I do, used to listen to hip hop and like there's always the accusation it's just people shouting over stolen records and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And like you'd be like, no, fuck you, man. Yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a situation where hip hop has basically been your has been your life, like yeah. your career. Yeah. Do you ever? Like when you see hip hop moving in different directions, do you ever get personally nervous or worried that you're a representative of it, or you're, you know, you're responding to it in your career, and you're sort of at the mercy of where it goes a little bit, or do you think we'll always have a core of good stuff that you're always going to be able to go to? I think if you're a DJ, if the music changes and it's it's not good, then you might you're not going to want to play it. Yeah, you know. But then 
there's new music that comes out where it's very easy to go, oh, this is shit, I don't like it. But then you have to listen to it, you have to study it, whether it be grime or whether it be like what we were talking about when we first heard like music from down south and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, there are tunes that come out that are huge and I'll be like, I'm never going to play this record. Yeah. Like that I'm in love with the Coco tune. Yeah, I've yeah. never played that tune. I could ask for it in, <laughs> in clubs all the time. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is shit. I, yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, spend 10 years like practicing in my bedroom every day yeah. to go to a club to play I'm in love with the coco. Yeah, yeah. You know, if that's what hip being a hip hop DJ yeah. is about, I, yeah, I yeah. don't want in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but luckily because I've been doing it since I was 16, a very young age, and I'm not coming into the game now or in the last 10 years, I'm kind of known. So I'll get opportunities to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and kind of play what I like. Uh, and because I, I still keep up with new music, it won't just be, I don't just play 90s hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll still play new tunes, but new tunes that I like yeah. as opposed yeah. to just what's And you hot. still think there's, because everyone's always banging on about hip hop being dead or whatever, it's not as good as it used to be, but you still think there's enough good shit coming out, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, there's two ways you can look at that. You know, if we're here in this room and we make a tune, is hip hop dead? No, hip hop isn't dead because yeah. we just created a tune, but is hip hop dead? compared to what it used to be yeah of course it is yeah I'd say it is <laughs> yeah you know lyricism yeah you know amazing production people don't give a shit yeah you know they give a shit a little bit yeah, yeah. but the majority of people who give a shit are people our age yeah, yeah. but then yeah there's a, a small percentage of, of young people who through Spotify and stuff like that they know and love Tropical Quest Gangstar and, and all those guys mm. and you know then they listen to other things and stuff so yeah it's 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 interesting times yeah yeah plug one plug two guest plugs for you listen we're nearly out of time but i just want to ask you what are you up to at the moment that we is there anything that you're doing that we need to because uh, yeah. this this podcast gets I can't even tell you the reach yeah. on this podcast, it's mate. It's like, like 17 billion. Start, yeah, something like that. Start charging for these plugs. Yeah, yeah. we should yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, what are you up to at the moment? Uh, I've got a lot of gigs on coming up to... Uh, well, I'm going to India for some gigs, a little holiday. Is there a hip-hop scene in India? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the music scene in India with festivals and right. stuff, especially in the last three to five years, that's a whole new market. Yeah. So, say like 10 years ago, the new market was like Dubai yeah, yeah. and the Middle East and places like that. But mm. yeah, India's. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, doing that, uh, I've got a lot of production coming out. Uh, yeah, do two shows. I'll do Kiss, I'll do a show in Kistory, uh, touring with Dizzy, um, festivals, stuff like that. That's about it. Cool. Um, well, listen, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been thank a real honour. Thank you for having honor. me, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, Rupert, you got anything to add? Well, I'll just say goodbye, I guess. Okay, cool. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.